folks, it's Monday, it's April the 13th, and you've found yourself tuned to another exciting episode of Waken, apostrophe up with Danny. How are you guys all feeling on this fine Monday morning? Let's get on with it! It's time for the weather, it's time for the weather. as Britain to enjoy three months of warm weather. The Met Office predicts that Britain will see hotter than average temperatures over the next three months. Britain will mask in soaring temperatures until July with hotter than average conditions the Met Office has predicted. Despite a chilly start to the year, the next three months will see the UK sweltering in highs of up to 83 degrees Fahrenheit or 28 degrees Celsius. Forecasters said that the hotter-than-average temperatures are more than twice as likely than below-average conditions, bringing gloriously warm weather for the May bank holiday and Whitsun half-term. Fellow listener at the Rob Mo, better get out there and enjoy that now. Yand in Summerfield Zoo in Belvedere, Illinois, two animals were murdered. By Thursday's storms, a spokesperson announced, zoo officials said an emu and a black swan were killed. Thursday night. We are heartbroken at the devastation. A status update said on late Thursday, the zoo said no employees were hurt. Yeah, and a personal message or plea, if you will, to the weather of the world. When is the senseless violence and mindless hatred against our peoples going to end? Enough is enough. We yield. We yield to thee. Turning our attention now to the national radar map and temperatures, we have 45 and rain in Seattle, 43 and sunshine in Boise. 41 in sunshine in Billings, 29 partly cloudy in Denver, Omaha is sunny at 46, Minneapolis getting some scattered showers at 49, Chicago, Illinois getting a lot of rain at 59 degrees, Atlanta, Georgia, rainy, 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 64 degrees, Dallas, Texas, wet morning there, 70 degrees, 65 in San Antonio with thunderstorms. Nowlands is getting some rain as well. Thunderstorms also, 71 degrees. The gods are angry in Orlando as well with thunderstorms at 71 degrees. Miami, Florida is partly cloudy at 77. Turning our attention now to the West Coast, San Francisco, California. Windy morning, 52 degrees. Los Angeles, also same state, sunny, 60 degrees. And in New York City, sunshine, 51. Look for temperatures to be in the mid-60s to the upper 70s across most of the U.S., peaking out at 88 down in Orlando, Florida, and dropping as low as 54 degrees in Seattle, Washington. Stay warm up there in Seattle. Throw on a coat on, too, and your galoshes, because it is going to rain today. News. and things. It's time for the news. What is it all mean? Hillary Clinton was on a campaign road trip deep into the U.S. heartland Monday after launching her bid to become the first woman to win the White House with a pledge to champion, quote, everyday Americans, end quote. With an eye to putting behind her the jet-set image of a former first lady, secretary of state, and global charity director, Clinton, board the simple minivan as she headed from New York to Iowa. A few hours into the surprise 1,000-mile journey, the 67-year-old Democrat tweeted a picture of herself meeting a family at a Pennsylvania gas station 
long assumed to be the frontrunner for her Democratic Party's presidential nomination for the 2016 race, Clinton's formal entry unleashed her formidable fundraising machine and social media operation. Pro-Russians blast destruction of Soviet statues in Ukraine from other Russia. Masked men toppled Soviet-area statues and night raids in Ukraine's second city Saturday. As moves to erase fraught systems of the past widened the country's divide, monuments to three Bolshevik heroes were smashed in the dead of the night in the Russian-speaking city of Kharkiv. Close to the northeastern border with Russia, 48 hours after Parliament passed controversial laws banning Nazi and communist symbols, police launched a probe in the pro-Russian opposition bloc party, which has 40 to 450 parliamentary seats, accused Ukraine's pro-West government of undermining traditions and encouraging, quote, chaos on the streets, end quote. Nina Soboliva, daughter of sculptor Viktor Voloviv, lamented the destruction of his statue of Russian revolutionary Nikolai Rudnev. It was a work of art, she sighed, urging the government to appoint a commission tasked with designing the fate of Soviet-era monuments, which should be stored safely in the meantime. And Washington's famous cherry blossoms are set to hit peak bloom this weekend as the National Cherry Blossom Festival draws big crowds for its annual parade and Japanese street festival. The National Park Service says that the trees are predicted to be in peak bloom Saturday through Tuesday. They bloomed about the same time the past two years, with most trees in bloom this weekend. Organizers expect big crowds around the Tidal Basin and National Mall. Festival president Diana Mayhew says early mornings are a great time to beat the crowds. This year's blossoms coincide with the National Cherry Blossom Festival Parade Saturday at 10 a.m. Parade is followed by the Sakura Matsuri Japanese Street Festival on Saturday afternoon. Stop the traffic City areas are starting to get a little bit congested this morning as you enter into those urban areas, but the rural areas around farmlands and things are very empty indeed. No cars out there, so if you're going into a city this morning, fear the traffic, because it is out there waiting to prey upon you like a demon in the night. Today in history, a lot of things have happened. Maybe a man flew to the moon. In 1983, Harold Washington was elected the first black mayor of Chicago. In 1980, U.S. boycotts Summer Olympics in Moscow. Well, in 1943, Franklin D. Roosevelt, he dedicates the Jefferson Memorial. In 1933, the first flight over Mount Everest was completed by Lord Clydesdale. And in 1870, the Metropolitan Museum of Art forms in New York City, comma, New York. Waking up with Danny.
talking about life and death. Well, in 1976, Jonathan Brandis was born. 1951, Peebo Bryson also was born. In 1933, Ben Nighthorse Campbell slid his way into existence. Yet in 1909, Eudora Welty began her adventure of life. And in 1906, Samuel Beckett was also born king of the wild frontier. But as usual, bitches be dying on us. In 2008, John Archibald Wheeler dies in New Jersey at 96. 1994, Rudolf Drinsky, a Czechoslovakian actor for Shortcut and Golden Eels, dies at 72. 1992, Brian Alton, he died at 84. In 1967, Louis Somoza de Bale, President of Nicaragua from 1956 to 1963 dies, 44 years old. In 1949, C.V. France died at 80. And in 1886, Carolee Thurn, a composer, dies at 68. And in 799, Paulus Diaconus Warnefridi, a Longobardish writer, dies. And in 1475, Matteo Palmieri, the Italian writer of Sit de Vita, dies at 69 years old. And let's not forget Johann Christoph Schmidt, the composer who died at 63 in 17, a 28. Time for the quack. I have no idea to this day what those two Italian ladies were singing about. Truth is, I don't want to know. Some things are best left unsaid. I'd like to think they were thinking about something so beautiful, it can only be expressed in words, and makes your heart ache because of it. I tell you, those voices soared higher and farther than anybody in a gray place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made those walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man in Shawshank felt free. The Shawshank Redemption. from Mozart's Marriage of Figaro. And the word of the day, colophon. It's a noun which means a note at the end of the book giving information about its production, font, paper, binding, printer, and etc. A publisher's emblem usually on the spine or the title page of a book. From the Latin colophon, from Greek colophon, which means to summit or finishing touch, ultimately from the Indo-European root kel, which means to be prominent or a hill, which also gave us kernel, colonnade, column, culminate, excel, and hill. The earliest documented use was 1628. Some usage, Avon, one of the most resolutely down market of the major paperback imprints, used an image of Shakespeare's head as a colophon. Louis Menand, Pulp's Big Movement, The New Yorker, January 5th, 2015. And a bonus thought for the day. 
What can be asserted without proof can be dismissed also without proof. Christopher Hitchens said this. He was an author and journalist. He lived from April 13, 1949 through 2011. And you know you gotta learn something today. Make your life better. The more you know, the more you know. You'll make your life better. And you know you gotta learn something today. You make your life better. I learned that planetary scientist Eugene Shoemaker is the only human in history to have their ashes buried on the moon. Shoemaker spent much of his later years searching for and finding several previously unnoticed or undiscovered impact craters around the world. He died July 18, 1997 during one such expedition following a head-on car accident while on the Tanami Road northwest of Alice Springs in Australia. On July 31st, 1999, some of his ashes were carried to the moon by Lunar Prospector Space Probe in a capsule designed by Carolyn Porco. To date, he is the only person whose ashes has been buried on the moon. The brass foil wrapping of Shoemaker's memorial capsule is inscribed with images of Comet Hale-Bopp, the Behringer Crater, and a quotation from Romeo and Juliet reading, quote, And when he shall die, take him and cut him out in little stars. And he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night and pay no worship to the garish sun. Every day is born a new hero. He faces adversary with a mighty sword.
Once upon a Sunday morning, a man who sat in a breakfast nook looked up from his scrambled eggs to see a white unicorn with a golden horn quietly cropping the roses in the garden. The man went up to the bedroom where his wife was still asleep and woke her. There's a unicorn in the garden, he said, eating roses. She opened one unfriendly eye and looked at him. The unicorn is a mythical beast, she said, and turned her back on him. The man walked slowly downstairs and out into the garden. The unicorn was still there. He was now browsing among the tulips. Here, unicorn, said the man, and pulled up a lily and gave it to him. The unicorn ate it gravely. With a high heart, because there was a unicorn in his garden, the man went upstairs and roused his wife again. The unicorn, he said ate a lily. His wife sat up in bed and looked at him coldly. You are a booby, she said, and I'm going to have you put in a booby hatch. The man who never liked the words booby and booby hatch, and who like him even less on a shining morning, when there was a unicorn in the garden, thought for a moment, we'll see about that, he said. He walked over to the door, he has a golden horn in the middle of his forehead, he told her. Then he went back to the garden to watch the unicorn, but the unicorn had gone away. The man sat amongst the roses and went to sleep. And as soon as the husband had gone out of the house, the wife got up and dressed as fast as she could. She was very excited and there was a gloat in her eye. She telephoned the police and she telephoned the psychiatrist and told them to hurry to her house and bring a straitjacket. When the police and the psychiatrist looked at her with great interest, my husband, she said, saw a unicorn this morning. The police looked at the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist looked at the police. He told me he had ate a lily, she said. The psychiatrist looked at the police and the police looked at the psychiatrist. He told me it had a golden horn in the middle of its forehead, she said. At a solemn signal from the signal from the psychiatrist, the police leapt from the chairs and seized the wife. They had a hard time subduing her, for she put up a terrific struggle, but they finally subdued her. Just as they got her into the straitjacket, the husband came back into the house. Did you tell your wife you saw a unicorn? asked the police. Of course not, said the husband. The unicorn is a mythical beast. That's all I wanted to know, said the psychiatrist. Take her away. I'm sorry, sir, but your wife is as crazy as a jailbird. So they took her away, cursing and screaming, and shut her up in an institution. The husband lived happily ever after. The moral of the story? Don't count your boobies until they are hatched. Well, that was The Unicorn in the Garden by James Thurber. Cute little story. Well, and that's going to do it for another episode of Waking Up with Danny. I appreciate you guys joining me. Join me right here April 20th, 2015 for another episode of Waking Up with Danny.